Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers podcast. My name is Orlando Sanchez. Nate Hansen on the ones and twos, man. How did that sound? That (laughs) sounded all right, didn't it? That little open there. That was pretty good. So far, so good. We are in business, folks. This is going to be a a bumpy ride, potentially, technically, (laughs) on this podcast with me over here manning the board. Just like what we are, are going through here for the podcast it's just been a crazy, unprecedented week or two in the sports world, in real life. Yeah. And that has even impacted everybody here at KGW. Our schedules have been crazy. So that's why Max Barr and Jared Cowley are not joining us today. But uh, we've been in contact back and forth with each other throughout the week and as things progress. And my job is to cover sports here at KGW, but for Nate and Jared and Max, the news takes over for them, and they have been covering this nonstop. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, all me, Jared, and Max, we're on the digital team, and while we're, we're, we pay attention to the Blazers, we watch the Blazers, Jared focuses a little more. He's more of our – if there's a Blazers story and he's working, he's the one who takes care of it on our digital team – uh, but Max and I are well-versed in knowledge in the Blazers, but we also have other responsibilities. And, of course, the coronavirus, COVID-19, has completely taken over our workflow. Uh, we found, me and you at least, yeah. found some time together in the building to sit down for about half an hour, talk about the Blazers, talk about the NBA, and just the unprecedented action that took place the other night and justified action. Yeah. So, Nate, I, I, we've had – Multiple people reach out to us about when were we going to do the next yes. pod. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way. And even though there's nothing happening right now, I yeah. think there's still a market or a, a window for people to want to express how they feel. They want to hear from others that are going through this and mm-hmm. want to know that there's some type of connection. And so that was really my idea for this in terms of let's just – go off the cuff and talk a little bit about how we're feeling because there's got to be a lot of people out there right now that are going through the same thing and feeling the same ways in an unprecedented, surreal moment in in time here that 
for anybody living right now has probably never gone through something like this. At least in the United States, yeah. uh, especially. And let's just, we usually don't timestamp our podcast, yeah. let people know we're recording, but I mean, with everything that's going on right now, it's one o'clock on Friday afternoon <laughs> when we're recording this thing. So who knows what will happen by the time everyone uh, back home is listening. But yeah, there's not going to be three questions, the three of us answering like normal. It's basically going to be me and Orlando talking about Hey, our reactions going back to Wednesday night, which seems like a year ago. It does. It it, really it's does. crazy. It's only been, you know, 36 hours, but it feels so much longer than that. And then kind of where we are now, what what the potential for the NBA's future could mean for the Blazers specifically. Yeah. And we're going to try to dig into all that and hopefully uh, give everyone a little bit of a release yeah. kind of and opportunity to enjoy listening about the team they love because we love talking about them too. For anyone who's in the media and even NBA fans in general, like Adrian Wojnarowski has been kind of the authority when it comes to breaking news yeah. and NBA-related news in particular. And this felt like the ultimate Woj bomb when yeah. he tweeted that the NBA has suspended its season. It happened. It happened so fast. Just, I mean, take it back even half an hour, maybe an hour before then, when it was you know, six o'clock or so. When Royce Young, he was for ESPN, the one covering that the Jazz Oklahoma City game, when how he was bizarre. the one who broke the news, talking about how they're about to tip off, and a doctor comes rushing out on the court and says, "Don't play the game. Don't start yet." Yeah. Uh, because there are unforeseen circumstances, and everyone's kind of at that point, you know. Everyone's got their own theory as to what it may be. And then we learn about half an hour, an hour later, that Rudy Gobert has tested positive for COVID-19. And then literally minutes after learning that, the NBA comes out, suspend the season indefinitely. Uh, we've now since learned last night, Thursday, that they're hoping to reevaluate after 30 days and see what they can do at that point. But it's... I mean, we, me and you were both in the newsroom right. uh, Wednesday night when all this was happening. You were about to go on air oh, yeah. to do a sports cast. Kind yeah. of take, take the listeners kind of through that whole experience, if you can. That was a trip. Yeah. Like you said, watching that unfold. And it was very much like something out of a movie. It was super bizarre in seeing what was happening in OKC. Yeah. And the way that they had kind of separated the teams and – you could see the confusion in the stands. Yeah, uh, both teams being separated, and I had even saw a story that you know Chris Paul had tried to walk over to the Utah's bench to go talk to them and see what was up with Rudy Gobert, and they kind of all told him to get back and get yeah. away. And I think even to the Gobert standpoint, a lot of us kind of brush this off as it's just the cold or it's not something that's that serious and. Yeah. Obviously, we found out otherwise. And so as all of this is playing out, you're you're going through the motions like this is weird, but I'm not really I'm not at that point yet where I'm taking this super seriously. Yeah. And so I have my sports cast ready to go. And it was very much on the standpoint of, look, the NBA is is toying with the idea of not playing games that involve Fans. Yeah, that have fans in the arena. So, so no fans would be coming to the arena. But it was a huge game for the Portland Trail Blazers. Yes, who were Memphis. Who were getting ready to host the Memphis Grizzlies the following night. And so much of my sports cast was produced around the fact that this was a huge game and that no one was going to get to watch it live in person. Yeah. 
And so when that news came down at 6.30, yeah. and my sportscast hits at 6.35. Yeah, it was literally like minutes. Everything, imagine all of the work that you did for the day. Eight hours of work. Just cause, flushed down Because when you're on air, I don't know if a lot of people know this, when you're on air, that's the end of your work day. Right. That's like the last thing you right. do for the day. Every, your work day is leading up to that moment, those yeah. couple minutes of on air. It's like going to school and preparing all day or all week long for a test or for a presentation. Yeah. And then you find out that everything that you studied for or that you did to get ready for it doesn't matter. New won't, topic. Wing it. Won't be on the test. Yeah. And so that's what we went through at 6 o'clock. And obviously, you know, with Yusuf Nurkic getting ready to oh, come man. back yeah. and him working out um, – and getting sent to the G League for the day. Yeah. Uh, th- there was still in my mind the idea that basketball would happen. And I did not think that the NBA would suspend its season at that point. Yeah. So this, in a lot of ways for me, was very shocking and unexpected. So when we got the news, uh, it was just a trip. It was like your world stops. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not even an athlete, but my world revolves around sports. Yeah. And so to see everything trickle down yesterday mm-hmm. has been just a trip. Yeah, pretty much all professional sports, collegiate, high school, youth are put on hold for the time being throughout the country, which as we continue to learn more and more about this virus and how serious it really is and how widespread it most likely is throughout the country – uh, those are all justifiable actions at this point because, th- like we talked about, this is something that I don't think anyone who's lived in America their entire lives has had to really deal with mm-hmm. something on this level. And so this is new ground not only for all of us but for the leagues, for the government, everyone involved right now trying to figure this out. And obviously you talk about like on Wednesday, that was less than 48 hours ago, you're thinking, oh, well, I mean, they may take the drastic step of eliminating fans. Right. Oh, my gosh. We how thought could, that was un- how, how could of. they do that, you know? And now, looking back on that, it's like, how did we not? How did that not happen sooner? Now that more information is becoming readily available and that we're realizing how serious of an issue this is, it's like, oh, we should have done that. I was at the Blazers game against the Kings mm-hmm. last Saturday night. Sorry to bring that one back up to Blazers <laughs> fans there. That was an ugly performance oh, right man. there. But even then, like, I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I don't know. Me and my mom should have been at that game with 20,000 other people, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. And you talked about Yusuf Nurkic, and we spent the first little bit of this generally talking about where we were when we learned about the NBA suspension. Let's try to now focus a little bit on the Blazers because you're right. They had a big game coming up. What would have been yesterday, yep. Thursday, against the Memphis Grizzlies, there's still three and a half games mm-hmm. behind the Memphis Grizzlies. But there was also the impending game on Sunday, yep. which as big as that game was against Memphis in terms of the standings and everything in the playoff race, it may have been more important. Yep. But I think everyone in Rip City in Portland was looking forward to Sunday on a nationally televised game mid-afternoon when the Blazers took on the Rockets and Yusuf Nurkic was set to finally make his return mm-hmm. nearly a year after that injury. And now we honestly don't know when we'll see the big man. Yeah. And that was, we had talked about for weeks on this podcast. Uh, 
what do Blazers fans have to look forward to? Right. And the one thing being dangled out there, because he's so beloved and he was so good for Portland last year, was Yusuf Nurkic coming back. And now for fans, they're just going to have to continue to wait right yeah. now. Yeah. It's it's a bummer from that standpoint. Like, yeah. I, everybody that, that I've talked to that that had something thoughtful to say ab- about this is it's like, yeah, it's we understand and we get it and we know that they shouldn't be playing basketball. We shouldn't be gathering places. We need we need to stop this. Social so distancing. Social distance distancing. Like everybody's in a, in agreement for the most part that I've talked to. Yeah. But when you get past that. Yeah. It's a huge bummer. Yeah. I mean, it just sucks that we're not going to be able to see basketball. Um, and to your point, man, this was the most anticipated game of the season. Beyond the opener, I would say. Yeah. Like, if it's not the, it is one of. Yeah. And even when I, I posted that to um, – Yusuf Nurkic had tweeted out a, a picture, or it was on his Instagram page. Okay. And had, you know, it was basically alluding to his return and he's working out. And I just put, man, this this is the most anticipated game of the season. And he liked it. There you go. You know, and so you know that that was something that was connecting Rip City. Yeah. And that at least for one game, you could put the record, the standings, whatever this injury-riddled season has been and how you feel about it, all of that was going to be gone the moment that Yusuf Nurkic stepped out on the court after yeah. that gruesome leg injury over a year ago. And so – as like you said, man, as big as that Memphis game was, because in the standings that was an entire game. Yeah, like Portland. At, I think it's fair to say if they resume the NBA season, we'll get to that whole discussion a little bit later. Yeah. But if the NBA season regular season resumes at some point later this year, like the Blazers need to win. They have two matchups left with Memphis. They need to win both of those. Yeah. They can't split those games. Yeah. They need to win both of them and gain ground on the Grizzlies because time is running out. They only yeah. have. 16 games left in the regular season, you can't, if you split with Memphis, you're still three and a half back with basically 14 games left to play. So you need to go and win both of those games, but we all know how everyone feels about Yusuf Nurkic. He's the Bosnian beast, man. (laughs) Nurk fever, you know? He has, the city loves him Mm -hmm. here in Portland. And we even heard from him on Monday. They actually made him available at practice out in Tualatin. And we heard from him, and one of the things that stuck out with me, other than he said he was coming back because he felt 100%, mm-hmm. not because the team was struggling, but because he felt he was finally out of place, ready come physically, mentally to play again, was the love for fans. Yeah. He he talked about how he wanted to cry, yeah. thinking about it, all the support he's had in this. And he, he even talked about that moment when he'd be called out onto the court and the ovation that everyone was going to give him and how much that meant to him and how much the Rip City fan base meant to him. And for the time being, that moment's going to continue to be delayed. But even for him, it was going to mean a lot. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's the heart of it. That's at, at, at its core, yeah. that connection between Rip City, Blazers fans, and the team itself. Mm-hmm. And the return of Yusuf Nurkic signifies a lot of that and just overcoming adversity and obstacles that that may stand in your way and there is that level of understanding between people like even though me and you have never played a professional basketball game no. uh, we've all been through stuff in our lives that we've had to overcome and so to see someone that is that loved or beloved in this city um, it's super dope and to hear him be candid 
and open about how he was feeling, uh, that says a lot ab- about his, his willingness and his trust for, and, and the want for people to know what he's going through. Because yeah. as you've discussed and I've discussed on this podcast over and over was, let's say the Blazers don't make the playoffs. Let's say they lose to Memphis. I yeah. think that we realize that if they lose to Memphis, this thing's over. Like mathematically, they're still in it, but yeah. it's going to be so oh. difficult. I mean, if you've listened to me on this podcast, I've said it's over That's for a true. month I think, now. I think you're, you're the only one who's been hanging on that branch I, there. I think you called this, the season over a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but at least, you know, I think that, that is so key. And even Terry Stotts after the Phoenix game, yeah. which I think was huge, to hear Terry Stotts say, we need to win this game and the second one against yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies to just put ourselves in position to have an opportunity to make the playoffs. Like, that's how big that Memphis game yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. And the Houston Rockets game Sunday would have overshadowed that. Like, we would have forgotten all about it, even if they lost that yeah. game. Darren, when Nurkic talked on Monday, he kind of gave an ambiguous answer in terms of he had mentioned a minutes restriction. Yeah. And someone followed up, what does that look like? And he said the first quarter. Yeah. And it was like, wait, does that mean he's only going to play in the first quarter? Or is he going to play 12 minutes worth? Yeah. Uh, and then someone asked Terry Stotts about that, of course, when he talked later. And he said, look, we haven't even talked, discussed rotations for Sunday. And he didn't say Memphis was the reason why. Yeah. But you know that was the reason why. Because of how much time and effort they're putting into that Memphis game. Absolutely. Like, that's an all-hands-on-deck. Like, if Dame needed to play 40 minutes, Dame is going to play 40 minutes. Like, that's the type of scenario that that game was. It was going to be the closest thing that we could get to a playoff game in Portland. Yeah. was that game against Memphis. Yeah. It, it was everything. And to hear your head coach and, and Dame to an extent too admit how big of a game that was yeah. is huge. And so it's such a bummer that like this was such a huge week for sports. It was such a huge week uh, for Rip City in terms of just the basketball side of things and the sports side of things. And so for me, that's what I'm really bummed out about is yeah. that we didn't get that opportunity. And, like, I was already – my mind was already set on what is it going to be like to cover that Yusuf Nurkic return in an empty Moda Center? Yeah. Like, how am I going to tell that story? Yeah. Because so much of it was going to surround the ovation that he got Absolutely. the first time that he stepped on the court. You, I mean, honestly, just if we're going to get real technically newsy, like, yeah. you probably would have – we probably would have sent a bunch of photographers out – to, I mean, obviously now we have crowd gathering bands and mm-hmm. things like that in place. But prior to those bands being in place, you would have assumed there'd be people at bars, you know, at Spirit of 77, whatever it may be, packing the bars so they could cheer on Nurkic. And that's yeah. where you'd kind of get that sound for the ovation of it. Um, and we had kind of come resigned to the fact that at some point the NBA was going to stop allowing fans to go to games. Now, the suspension of the season, you know, in hindsight, it doesn't look as crazy now, but at the time... It was oh, something yeah. we didn't see coming at least that quickly. Oh, yeah. And so that's where we're at right now. Last night, Adam Silver uh, talked about, you know, after another 24 hours, they talked with owners about what the plan was going to be for the NBA moving forward. And he said the season is on hiatus for at least 30 days, and then they'll continue to reevaluate during those 30 days. And, of course, at the end, decide, do we need to stay on hiatus? You know, this is a situation that over the last 48, 72 hours has taken dramatic turns left and right. So who knows what it's going to look like in 30 days. But the plan right now is if they can play in 30 days, even without fans, they will try to. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I guess I'm just going to ask this question right now before we get into what it could mean for the Blazers. Do you think there will be NBA basketball again in a month? If you had, if you had to say yes or no, do you think there will be NBA basketball in a month? I'm pretty jaded, man. Yeah. You know, in, in I, I think a lot of that has to do with just the world that we work in. Yeah. And that we have to, in to some capacity, question what's going on and how long things can take. And the fact of the matter is we don't know. Mm-hmm. And anytime we don't know and we're trying to figure things out, this isn't like a set thing where, you know, we've experienced something similar to this that we can go to to compare and say, well, this leg injury took yeah. this long to recover from. Yeah, Steph Curry broke his hand. It took four months. Yes. You know, we don't have anything like that. You can look to other countries like China, Korea, and the things that they have done to slow or uh, to to lower the amount of cases and low and address the issue, but in America, there's nothing to compare this to. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, sports is secondary yes. to everything else that's happening Absolutely. in this world. So, with that said, there's there's so much responsibility. There's there's so much on the line for the safety and health of players, staff, training. Uh, just everybody that's involved, people that work at the Moda Center or at your arena, yeah. like there, there's there's so much that goes into that, and they have a responsibility to protect their p- people and the, the people involved with these games. And so I am very pessimistic about yeah. this. I, I don't feel like 30 days will be enough time. Do I hope? Oh, Hell yes. yes. For not only for sports-wise, but for society-wise. Yeah. If we're in a place a month from now mm-hmm. where we – Everyone in the country feels comfortable mm-hmm. about leagues, even without fans, but just having sports resume. I mean, these guys are still traveling. Yeah. You know, there are still going to be officials there. There's still going to be trainers there. There's still going to be media like you there. Yeah. You know, you come in contact with lots of people yeah. throughout the day. And it never really dawned on me yeah. until even covering the state tournament and how many people. High school state tournament. High school yeah. here in Oregon. Uh, they held the 6A girls and boys tournament at the Child Center at the University of Portland. And the girls' quarterfinals were being played. What day was this now? Tuesday. Wednesday. So they, they played some games Wednesday. But I was there Tuesday okay. for the, uh, the teams in the winner's bracket. Okay. So they did get in some games the following day, but those were kind of consolation games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amount of people that I talked to or shook hands with or were in close proximity with that I never thought of, much less how many times you touch your face or anything like that is just mind-blowing and can drive you a little crazy. But it tripped me out uh, to that point. So getting back to the Blazers and the NBA and playing games, like all of those things have to go into consideration and into play when – this thing is clearly not under control. I'm with you on the 30 days thing. I know there's some people who think that uh, this will be something that will pass over in a matter of weeks. I'm one of those people who thinks it's going to be months mm-hmm. before uh, we see anything sort of resemble what we've become accustomed to mm-hmm. in American society. Uh, and so I I don't think that you're going to see – honestly, I don't think you're going to see the NBA. I think this season's going to be over. Mm-hmm. I think it's to be washed. I don't think there's going to be. I don't think they're going to be able to play games, um, and so that's kind of where I'm at on it. But let's go into the hypothetical mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Say they do come back in mm -hmm. 30 days. And the plan, at least from Adam Silver when he spoke yesterday, was they would pick up right where they left off, basically, in terms yeah. of games. So the regular season wouldn't be over, and they wouldn't just skip to the postseason. Yeah. No, the Blazers would still be in a playoff race, yeah. in a playoff fight. Yeah. And you would have another month of Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins recovering. Now we should say, we haven't mentioned this, the Blazers right now, no group activities mm -hmm. for the time being, just individual training sessions, and they've all been told to stay in Portland through at least Monday, and then, of course, as with everything else, they'll reevaluate things at that point. But if in a month the NBA season does resume, mm -hmm. and the Portland Trailblazers, if you're thinking from a fan's perspective, you just got a month of Yusuf Nurkish potentially getting better, mm -hmm. rehabbing, getting in more of a game shape and more comfortable playing. You're getting Zach Collins returning from his shoulder injury that he's missed for all but three games for right. this season for that final push of 16 games. Also, everyone else, and this would go league-wide, has had a month of rest. Yeah. Like, the push to the end of the season would be incredible. Right. And if you're a Blazers fan, just focus specifically on basketball, you feel, I feel, a lot more confident that maybe they can make this push and make up the three-and-a-half games and get the eight seed because of that extra month of rest and having Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins back versus if they're trying to do that right now. Jared and you have talked about this extensively in terms from a, a numbers standpoint. Yeah. And just how good they were in those first three games. With, Zach with, Col Zach with just Zach Collins with in the starting Collins, lineup. Yeah. And obviously Rodney, Rodney Hood was in that lineup. But just how spectacular that starting rotation was. Yeah, it was like plus 24 net rating or something like that. It was only three games, so small sample size, but yeah. that's what we had to go off of. Yeah, and so you know that in terms of rust, that might be there. That's going to be there for everyone. But the chemistry that they have and knowing Terry's system mm -hmm. and ha knowing how they play together, that's huge. And as a Blazers fan or somebody who watches the Blazers – that could only be an advantage for this team. Yeah. If we go back to Yusuf Nurkic, obviously we don't know what type of player he's going to be. No. Uh, even Damian Lillard's brother joked with him saying, calling him slim because it looks <laughs> like he's lost some LBs. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's in shape. But just getting into basketball mode, I wonder. But we all know how good he can be and – especially on defense, man, yeah. how, how much well, he's done for this team and impacted the defensive side of the ball. That's where we would see the impact more than offensively, and that's where the Blazers have really struggled, especially yeah. in, uh, since the All-Star break, really, um, is defensively they haven't been able to stop really anyone until they beat Phoenix the other night and limited them to 105 points, and Phoenix, uh, they shot, what, like 30% from three or something like that, a bad percentage, but to that point, Phoenix, the first time they had played them, had lit up the Blazers from three-point land. I was there Saturday night with Sacramento, made more than 23s yeah. against them. Like, the problem for the Blazers, there are problems offensively, but the big problems are defensively. Mm -hmm. And even if it's for 15, 20 minutes, Yusuf Nurkic would really go a long ways to helping them there. Zach Collins, the two of oh. them combined, it would look like a different team. Yep. And so if you're a Blazers fan, holding on hope that, you know, that we can get this whole virus under control – and that basketball can resume, mm -hmm. the idea of having both of them back for a final push, mm -hmm. man, that would just be incredible. Like, you just bought them at least a month of yes. rehab. 
Yes. Where I mean, Philadelphia's thinking the same thing about oh, totally. Ben Simmons right now. Totally. So there are other teams thinking the same thing. I'm glad you brought that up because even on a national level, uh, that was kind of the conversation, and it was around Philadelphia specifically yeah. on what this would mean for them and for the Portland Trailblazers who, you know, you're not going to hear a lot of conversation no. about. And especially because they're 10th in the West or whatever they are yeah. right now. But this team would become scary, and it would be that maybe you don't want to see them as the eighth seed. Who I think the Lakers would be fine. The Lakers would be, but I but think. But maybe they would have to break a sweat in the first and that's round. And you don't want that. Yeah. As, as a Lakers team, trying to avoid as much resistance as possible before you get to the conference finals. Yeah. Like, you don't want that smoke. Yeah. Like, if you got to play, you know, five or six games in the first round, like, nah. Yeah. You don't want that. Totally. And so I, th- I think that the Portland Trailblazers would be a totally different team than the one we've seen over the past, what, were we at 60-something games? 66 games. They have 16 games left in yeah. the season. Nine of them are scheduled at the Moda Center. Yeah, and even, like, casual Blazers fans, like – uh, Laurel Porter was talking to me about this, and that was like the first thing that she went to was, well, this is good for Yusuf Nurkic, right? This yeah. is good for Zach Collins. Matt Safino, I think, started having this discussion with you on air yeah. Wednesday night yeah. as you had just announced the NBA season yeah. was suspended. Yeah. Like, this is where everyone's – if you're a Trailblazers fan, like, obviously – this is, you know, small potatoes compared to the big picture. Right. But we are trying to focus on the Blazers and the small potatoes yeah. right now. Yeah, and we're not so, minimizing. No, we're the not minimizing the other stuff. But we're talking about in this hypothetical, if they are able to come back in a month, mm-hmm. like this, the Blazers are will, will be in better position a month from now to make this push than they are currently in. And with 16 games left and still somewhat of a favorable schedule remaining. Yeah. Like there are a lot of winnable games on there, and those two games, like against Memphis, it goes back Memphis. to it, it's going to yes. continue to come back to those two games against Memphis. So for for that alone, this would be a fun playoff race. I know we've gone back and forth on do you even want the Blazers in the playoffs? Like, do you want them to take that eight seed only to yeah. to get knocked out in the first round? Well, I'll tell you who does. I mean, not to get knocked out in the first round, but Damian Lillard, Terry Stotts, CJ yeah. McCollum, those guys take. And that's why we've discussed tanking is never an option when you have those guys healthy and still playing. Like, mm-hmm. they take pride in making the postseason Facts. and being a team that is consistently good. They've built this culture, this reputation that's now reached league-wide. Like, yeah. other players on other teams recognize there's something good going on in Portland despite how badly things have gone this season. And they want to keep that up. And one way to keep that up is you keep making the playoffs every year. Yeah. They made it two years ago. We talked about the playoff streak. They made it a couple of years ago as an eight seed. Got swept by the Warriors, but no one cares about that two years later. They still made the playoffs. Right, and I think that Dame and some of the guys that have been here for a while take pride in that. Yeah. And I want to say that Dame has brought that up without you know us poking him about it. Yeah. That that's something that he keeps in the back of his mind, like, look what we've been able to do. Regardless of circumstances, we still find a way to win enough games to get into the playoffs. And so that would provide a lot of excitement and a lot of hope for a lot of people that are stuck inside their houses to be able to just watch sports again. Because right now, like sports has stopped. I think NASCAR is the only. No, they this morning even they they've postponed events, canceled events for the time being. Every the the Masters. Yeah, uh, everyone, every all the sports leagues right now are doing the right thing and not having these events where basically people are going to be around each other. Like that's the big thing is like you can be upset and it is a bummer. Yeah, I think like for both both of us. Yeah, you can you can be like, man, this is a bummer. You know, what am I going to 
watch on TV, yeah. especially now that I'm supposed to stay at home and away from people. But at the same time, you got to recognize, like, sometimes, you know, a couple months without sports, yeah. you know, it's worth the sacrifice of what we could potentially be facing with this. Yeah, you, you hear the phrase, it's bigger than basketball. Yeah. It's bigger than sports. I mean, this is life, and it has to be put on the back burner right now. We get that, and I think it's cool and okay to understand and recognize this is the right thing to do, but also be upset, bummed out, whatever, about the fact that you're not going to be able to take part in one of your favorite things. Yeah. And so uh, I, I would be, be remiss if I didn't bring this up, but uh, Jared Cowley, oh, we were able to talk to him on the phone. He's, he's also written something up for KGW.com, so you can check that out. You can also find this podcast here, as well as uh, many of the other discussions and predictions that we've had throughout the year. Uh, all, my, all my Rip It wins. We haven't talked about Rip It yet. There's not going to be a Rip It in this podcast yeah, for un- obvious unfortunately, reasons. I can't add to my win total on that. You you and Jared, if the NBA season's over, oh, which we at least I seem to believe it is. Uh, just man, like the you guys Blazers t- playoff hopes. Yeah, it's just up and that's smoke with the Rip It chase going there. That's how my Rip It chase is going, the same yeah. way the Blazers uh, have been doing and losing those games to Sacramento and Phoenix not too long ago. But uh, Jared had said, you know what, he thought that the NBA got this right, that the NBA needed to do this, and they should be commended for their response in shutting it down and suspending the season and the fact that other leagues kind of fell in line. Yeah, they followed suit after that, really. And it kind of opened the doors for others to say, okay, this is okay for us to do this. The backlash... The, the money okay. lost. The money lost. Like all of these things that, that have happened with even the, the NCAA tournament, high school sports, all the yeah. things that you've mentioned. And so uh, Jared thought that, that the NBA got it right in, in doing that. The So I guess my question to you is how do you feel about that, Nate, in, in Jared's response and saying that, you know, the, the NBA should be commended for what, how they responded? Uh, they were first in terms of canceling, but it did take a player testing positive for the virus before they suspended it. So uh, I, it's an action that, you know, hind- as we've talked about, hindsight with this is twenty twenty. as we continue to learn how serious this virus is. But you could argue they should have done it much sooner. Uh, you can argue, the, you know, not to get into politics, that the government should have acted in a much different way much sooner. And maybe we're not in this position. Mm-hmm. We are today. But at least from the NBA's perspective, they're following what uh, you know health officials are publicly saying. They're following the government's lead in a way, and you know a player tested positive, and it was literally minutes after that they decided, no, season's over. We need to put a stop to this. And they should, in that in that aspect, they should be commended. It maybe could have happened sooner, but the the big thing is moving forward at this point and not looking back. Yeah, and the only thing I'll add to that is. I'm not surprised that it was the NBA that set the tone. They seem to be a little more forward-thinking or willing to act on certain things to make change or to get involved in things. And so it just still thinking about this, I don't think it's fully set in. No. And we're finally getting a chance, even outside of of the Blazers, like the Oregon State women's basketball team, they just held a a press conference today – which was a conference call and hearing the emotion in those players that didn't get a chance to play and finish out their seasons. You feel so bad for the seniors in particular at the high school level. And, you know, 
that they didn't get a chance to play that last game. And I know that even on the NBA level, like there are some players like watching the highlights of Vince Carter where that, well, that, that may be it for him. That, that moment that, at the end of that game where they put him back in. Yeah. That was Wednesday night, right? That yeah. game with the Hawks against yeah. the Knicks. They put him back in. He was on the bench. Yeah. And it was, when the news came down towards the end of the game, the NBA season was suspended. They got him back in the game. They got him a shot, and they made and the three-pointer and at least give, gave him a moment mm -hmm. of that's how I'm going to go out potentially. Yeah, and there are a lot of moments or players like that that we're going to think of. So – Yusuf Nurkic having to wait is one of them. And, yeah. You know, the Blazers not being able to make this run or just no NBA until next season. Potentially. Or yeah. maybe they do come back and next season is impacted by this season. Yeah. Like, there's, there's so much up in the air right now that is this situation is so fluid in life that sports is just – kind of waiting to follow suit and figure out what's next. Yeah, where it's places in yeah. the middle of all this chaos. And that's probably uh, – we need to wrap this up just because we, we we've both hit got – We've hit our mark. We've both got things that we have to get to at this point. But, you know, optimistically, if you're a Blazers fan, if they can come back in 30 days and start and resume the NBA season where it picked off, you, you've got to feel more confident about what this team could potentially do over the final 16 games of the regular season to get into the playoffs and continue that streak. Um, and if not, it's going to be a really uh, potentially rough couple of months here for Blazers fans. Uh, and it may be till October before we see Yusuf Nurkic. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully everything around the coronavirus, uh, our response to it in this country gets better, and that in a month we are at a place where the Blazers can be playing the Memphis Grizzlies in a huge matchup. And we'll be gladly back on yeah. the podcast to talk about it then. Uh, before we go, I want to say make sure to subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get it, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get it, subscribe to the 3 on 3 Blazers podcast because as we talked about at the beginning, our schedules are all over the place <laughs> right now. And, yeah, man. And we're trying to squeeze in podcasts when we can because this is our third year. We've built some followships, some yeah, loyal listeners, and we appreciate that. And we want to give you guys – we just don't want to leave you hanging, yeah. really, during this time. Because you know, we know – I know. I've been searching for – I've went to the Ryan Russillo podcast and things like that when they've put out shows wanting to just hear yeah. thoughts on this situation. We kind of want to be an outlet for that for you guys as well. Uh, don't be afraid to hit us up on Twitter yeah. to let us know if there's something potentially in the future you want us to talk about during this break. Yeah. Uh, Orlando, where can they find you? Orlando KGW. And you can find me at nhands underscore KGW. I believe Jared is just at Jared Cowley, mm -hmm. I believe, is his Twitter handle. And Max is at Max and Bar. Yeah. And that's his Twitter handle. So feel free to reach out to us. But definitely subscribe because episodes, usually we come out with them every Thursday. Yeah. It's not going to be that way for a little bit here. So yeah. that will be the best way to know if we've put out something new. And you nailed it. But I, I'd just like to reiterate that we appreciate you, everybody that, that's picked up the pod, especially this season. It's the, the podcast has really taken off after doing it, you know, yeah. the past few years and consistently. And so – just wanted to say thank you, and it was cool to hear from a few different people that said, hey, we listened to the pod. When's it coming back? Yeah. And it just makes sense that even though there's not really any new news beyond us waiting and seeing. And, and talking it, about hypotheticals, and, really. And talking hypotheticals, and 
and, and all of that stuff, it's, it's, it makes sense and it is in a lot of ways therapy to know that other people are going through something and just would like some type of escape or release from having to think about what's going on in the world today. So thank you guys for doing that. We also have our Yusuf Nurkic interview that we talked about is on our KGW YouTube page. The full interview. Full interview in its entirety. And so if you want to go down memory lane, uh, we've got a lot of other interviews and segments that we've done on our KGW YouTube page as well. So like many of you, we're going to be searching for old blazer moments to relive and think about and as you know espn and other networks are kind of bringing up some of the classics i think we'll be doing a lot of the same yeah whether that's on social media or on tv and as our roles kind of change a little bit for the time being here at kgw uh you know i'll be following the blazers and anything that happens if anybody does anything (laughs) remotely interesting like i will be talking about it from the players from the organization the team and we'll be doing a lot of that here at the kgw studio so like nate said if if you guys have an idea or a question feel free to reach out because we're here and we're searching for things that we can talk about especially me uh that might get us away from covid19 and the coronavirus and everything that's going on so if there's a fun interesting thing that's going on especially with the portland trailblazers like i know that um one of our uh, rips, the Pinwheel Empire, yep. is is has uh, created a GoFundMe account for uh, Blazers workers, hourly workers. You know the hourly workers that you see at the Moda Center for yep. every game, because when there are no games, there is no work, and they don't get paid. So I thought that was a really awesome act of kindness that they're doing within the community, and I think a lot more things like that are going to pop up. Kevin Love is doing something he, similar. He, he donated $100,000, yeah. And so it's really dope. And so my final thing is thank you guys for checking us out, as you guys always do, and remember to wash your hands. That's a good way to leave it. We'll <laughs> leave it there, and we'll talk to you uh, next time.